0: I'm Jen Schrader and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. Hi everyone and welcome. The weather is getting colder out there and the holiday season is here. And these are both reasons that people tend to think more about people in our community who are experiencing homelessness. So on today's episode, we're going to learn about hope cos um, if you haven't heard about that you are not alone i'm learning about it as well it's a group inspiring hope and improving quality of life one individual at a time melissa oskin is the executive director of hope cos thanks for being with us Thank you. and then um, dr eric sandras or dr e as he prefers is pastor of the sanctuary church and that is one of the emergency shelters Used by Hope Cos, so a big part of this program. Thanks for joining us.
1: It's an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, so we're excited to dive into this topic. I always, um, it sounds funny to say, I like talking about our, you know, community experiencing homelessness, but I do like talking about the things we're doing for them um, and to help them to meet them where they are and to help give them the resources needed. And I think a lot more is going on in our community than maybe people realize. So um, thank you both for sharing your stories. And I will get more to defining Hope COS for our listeners, but I do want to start with both of you and why you do what you do and maybe what what brought you to the current role that you're in today. So um, Dr. E., give us a little bit of a background on um, where you find yourself now and how you... You got yeah, absolutely, this line of work. yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I love this topic as well. It's so important that we're helping save lives in this community and partnering with the city and other agencies. So I'm the lead pastor of the Sanctuary Church, which is on West Colorado in Old Colorado City. I'm also a crisis and trauma counselor and a professor okay. at a local university. So I do that. Uh, we've been busy for about 10 years working on the margins of the West Side especially, but now in a broader reach across the community. And I'm really here as a cheerleader for Hope COS. They have been an incredible partner for us, helping us with emergency shelters and taking care of the margins. People that really were losing fingers and toes in the cold weather over Colorado winters. And now we're making a difference trying to save their lives. And uh, Melissa Oskins and her her team has just been amazing.
0: And what has led you to to this type of work?
1: You know, if it started off with anything, it just, when we started our church 10 years ago, we decided, what if we weren't praying to have a great church? What if we actually started by praying to have a great community? And so we look at our community and say, what are needs we can respond to that are important to the West side? And poverty issues, under-resourced issues, homelessness issues, drug abuse, those are all things that kept creeping up. And so we've just attempted to handle those one at a time. At this point, we have a counseling center that runs full capacity. We use a food pantry that was distributing 10,000 pounds of food a month. We have uh, our own hotel now for safe and sober living. Uh, So we're just trying to do things to respond to needs in the community.
0: So, I mean, you have a lot of resources right there for folks if they do utilize your emergency shelter. Yeah, we do. Right. That's really important. And
1: at this point it really was becoming bigger than us right. and so i think uh you hope COS stepped yes. in at just the right time to take what we were trying to do in a small way and really leverage it to something that is really effective at this point
0: so uh, tell us a little bit about why you are even involved in hope cos um sure. what 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 has your journey been like
2: <clears throat> um uh, so that's a that's a question I get a lot, and so I have kind of these standard answers. Of um, I think I fell in love with working with this population while I was um, still with the Colorado Springs Fire Department and Community and Public Health. That's where I really started interacting. But um, I think the I think the draw for me is that I see so much in, of myself and the people that we are working with and that we're trying to help. And with my own um, personal experiences. Um, I had said this in an interview recently, but for me, it's, um, there were times in my past in the middle of my own addictions that I would um, choose my addiction over a safe place to sleep. I would choose my addiction over, you know, spending time with my kids. I would choose my addiction over like really uh, anything in my life, you know, food, shelter, anything like that. And so I know what it's like to um, not really have the capacity to um, choose what I need for myself. And so, um, we, in, in this particular shelter, we have a lot of people that, um, for various reasons and various struggles, um, don't fit into the existing options for them. And so those are the, that's the population we're trying to serve. And when you say
0: existing options, I want to be clear with people, like people will think of Springs rescue mission and places, salvation army and places like that, that do offer shelter. And those places are very important. Right, um, but they do have some requirements,
2: correct? Yeah. That people
0: need to meet to be there. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and just um,
2: so Springs Rescue Mission has been um, great about working with us for um, they serve the majority of the population, right? Right, and so the people that um, they are not able to serve because of the specific struggles, they are great about calling us, and we we work together on that to make sure that everybody who's seeking shelter in the city can. Can have shelter and so addiction is a huge piece of that which I, I think i've hinted at five times now um so we so you personally have struggled with addiction right, in the past so i um february will be 10 years sober for me um
0: my, thank
2: you um so my my addiction took me to a lot of places that um gave me a better understanding of why some people do the things that they do and that we don't um in the middle of that we don't really have the capacity to do otherwise so
0: and that um, doesn't mean that they should, like you said, right. lose fingers and toes or worse when it gets so bitter cold. Right.
2: And I, I think that's a, a huge thing. We like to um, paint a certain picture to try to say, hey, this person is just struggling. Like their their life is worth saving. And then we eliminate um, the things like we, we try to le- we tend to leave addiction out of it because addiction isn't socially acceptable. So we paint a picture of somebody's struggle and we leave that part out of it when the reality is we should be able to say, you know, hey, yeah, this person is homeless because they had a lot of trauma in their life and they lost their job and they're struggling. Um, their life is valuable. But hey, this person's struggling with addiction and they can't keep and a needle out of their arm, but their life is valuable and we don't want them to die either. And so that's, um, you know, when you're asking my personal, like, why am I involved with this? That's why. And I think for me, it's... Um, it's trying to show up as that, as that person that I needed in my life back then that I could never find. And so I try to be that person um, in our warming shelters, in our street outreach, um, just in our, our everyday interactions with people that are strugg- struggling.
0: Well, thank goodness for us that you decided to do what you're doing because you have such a great perspective and an important, so much important you know, a viewpoint that you bring to this that most people just don't. They can't even if they wanted to. They haven't lived in that space, so that's really important.
1: Yeah, she's such a great example of that, too, of, you know, there's just no stepping on toes when it comes to saving lives Mm -hmm. in these cold-weather situations. And so we're not competing with other agencies in town. We're completing what's happening across the city, and that becomes really important. Springs Rescue Mission and Catholic Charities and other organizations have a really dominant and specific role in helping with under-resourced people and those experiencing homelessness. And then Hope CUS and the Sanctuary Church and some others have kind of come along as a safety net to even Springs Rescue Mission for those who maybe because of their mental illness or their addiction, they're not processing the danger of what the next three days looks like when it's going to be in the teens. Mm -hmm. And so her team and our team will go and scoop a lot of people up and say, hey, let's just get you to a warm place. We're just here to save your life for this next three days. We can work on rebuilding (laughs) your life later. And the city has been great in helping us and honoring that uh, compassion ministry that she really has.
0: So is that really what... Is that a good definition for people of Hope COS? It is that is serving in those emergency situations?
2: Yeah, so um, filling in the gaps is is how I've looked at it. And I think the safety net is really a a good way to word it. Um, And then something that... um, In the community and public health division at the fire department when I was there, that was something we always focused on, was like, how can we fill in the gap now? Like, instead of just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a resource for that, focusing on being that resource. And so that's something I learned while I was there and I've tried to carry into Hope COS, not, you know, we have somebody who, um, last winter, we we started this because we found a gentleman that we had been working with um, who had frozen to death under the bridge. And so it's like, okay, so we don't sit here and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, there's no shelter options for you. We're like, okay, how can we be a shelter? Mm-hmm. And so we, um, I think everything we do stems from that, the need, um, identifying that need and then how can we assist and how can we assist now versus, you know, spending a year talking about it and right. letting people die in the meantime. In the meantime. And yeah. and let me be clear to people who might be
0: wondering, is Hope COS a city program? Um, and- and I want to talk a little bit about the city's role in all this. Um, and I know that the city is working to give um, uh, Hope COS ESG funding, which is emergency solutions right. grant funding. Um, and that will help with some of these costs, right, associated with the warming shelter. But can you talk um, a little bit more about how you work with the city? You know, yeah. this isn't our program per se, but we are right. hopefully helpful. Right.
2: So, um Yes, very helpful. <laughs> so, so we're a five hundred one c three, so we are a nonprofit. Um, but we, one of the the things with Hope COS is we um, try to collaborate with uh, every organization, the city, whoever is trying to. Um, in my mind, we're all nobody's competing. We're all doing the same thing. You know, if we're competing, then we're, we must be doing something different. And um, so we, um, you know, fire PD. Like everybody's great about coordinating. Um, the administrator for the community and public health division um, with fire has uh, been um, organizing these meetings to kind of help identify like when um, as like more severe temperatures come up, what, you know, needs we as a warming shelter might have to serve the population and identifying um, what that'll look like and pulling additional resources together. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's huge to have the city, um, on board as a whole with, you know, trying to support what they can with serving this community and collaboration is a huge part of that. It's the biggest part of it.
0: And I think people hear us talk about collaboration and they think we're bragging or something, but we're, I would like to clarify that we're answering the question of what are you doing about homelessness? Collaboration is literally that answer because if we aren't collaborating, then when our um, homeless outreach team goes out to a camp and these people need a resource or or they need a shelter for the night. Uh, they need to know, hope COS is a resource, Springs Rescue Mission, right. what fits this person's needs. Right. So all of that collaboration is really critical. And in the end, we hope, life-saving. Right. Um, so I think sometimes it's a buzzword that we use and people start yeah. to go, yeah, yeah, you're collaborating. That's great. You're, you're all friends that you're <laughs> yes. talking. But if we weren't talking— Um, it would be catastrophic. Um, And when people say fix the homeless problem, which I hear people (laughs) Mm -hmm. compassionately say, I I don't know (laughs) what that means, but they do, they do say that we just need to fix it. We need to figure out a solution. And these, this is this, these are the solutions. And I think working together um, is a key to that. I mean, that's best practices across the country. Anywhere you look, if things are working, it's because everyone's, coming to the table, right? Because Absolutely. they're all offering something a little bit different and important. Right. Um, like you said, there are – all of these situations are so <laughs> varied and different. Right. So you can't approach them in the same way. Right. Um, so what do you um, – what has it been like, I guess, Dr. E., for you to get involved, you know, your your church as a warming shelter? And what what does that look like on – just give us like a typical – Cold night, you know, how many people do you serve? When do they start coming in? Um, and what resources are, are needed? Yeah,
1: so our, our partnership with Hope COS is we provide the facility. We have a full gymnasium okay. with a small warming kitchen. And so we provide the facility and probably half, maybe the uh, volunteers that stay. It becomes a 24 7 operation. Uh, having people because it can be cold all night and all day the next day right and so we provide that the the incredible thing is we're not a huge church and so Hope CUS has stepped in and does a lot of the logistics for us so working out getting the food there um, all the cots that they have purchased themselves through their nonprofit, and so that again that collaboration or that partnership adds a lot of synergy to how much can get done instead of each of us doing our own thing
0: Because for a while you were sort of just and so there are triggers
1: that start with temperature, the amount of snow, things like that. That'll be happening. That Melissa has better details on that than I do. And when that trigger happens, then our church responds. We cancel all the other events happening in the gymnasium because, again, saving lives is more important (laughs) than hosting a basketball game or something, right? Right. And so we'll just we make the sacrifice necessary in order to do that to support what Hope Cos Mm -hmm. is doing in terms of running that operation. And then we find, and this is a really cool thing about recovery, a lot of folks in our recovery programs, they donate their time, that's their acts of service, to give back to the community that for many years they were stealing from. And a lot of our volunteers say, this is the way I'm paying back my neighborhood that I used to break into people's houses or whatever. And so it's, it is actually really good for them, too, to volunteer and to feel like they're, now they're making a positive difference instead of a negative difference.
0: And you need those volunteers, yeah. right? And, so,
1: and then it's not the city's job to fix all this. Um, but what I love about partnering with the city is the city also removes barriers to let it happen, right? So mm-hmm. government can add barriers or subtract barriers, and they have a bigger picture of business development and all that. But we, we just do the right thing at the right time. Because people are important no matter what their social economic status is.
0: I know for some people this is just good information and they want background on what's being done. Um, but some may be listening and saying, how can I help? Um, and I know there are probably multiple ways. Like I know you're saying you're always looking for volunteers. And then I would assume donations are accepted.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And welcome. Uh, yes, absolutely. So we, so as far as volunteering on our website, hopeCOS.org, um, there's. I don't call it an application. I just call it like a registration to volunteer because we're not. Um, if you're willing to help, like we will find a place for a you place, to help. Okay. Um, and then as far as donations, food um, has been kind of our, well, not kind of. Food has been our biggest expense, especially with our increase in numbers. We've um, seen about three times as many. Um, people this year as we did last year. So I think we... Three times more. So we had, I think 267 was our our heaviest night total between the two locations. Um, So food is always helpful. Um, You know, any winter clothing. um, Of course, if anybody wants to make um, a uh, donation, um, financial donation, we actually have a fund right now that I I believe the balance is um, somewhere around $400,000, but it's a match fund. So um, up to four hundred thousand dollars. Any donations we receive um, are matched. So that can be done on the website or the Facebook page, um, PayPal. We have several different different options for that. Okay, so, and that's hopecos.org. And um, what you mentioned a second location. Where is that? Um, that's at Vista Grande UCC, which is at Montebello and uh, um, Montebello and Union.
0: Okay. So you're serving a different area yeah. that way. And do those seem to be good locations right now?
2: They're, they are great locations um, just because, you know, they're <laughs> two churches that are really invested in what we're doing and, and very supportive. Um, and to answer your question about serving a different location, a, a different area, um, yes, there, there's a lot of people that are camping on the end of town now. I don't know that um, everybody realizes that. And so that's part of it. Um, but also we um, – having two locations allows us to um, – kind of move people around as needed based on what, what their struggles are.
0: I was so. just going to say, sometimes the transportation is a huge obstacle. And I know sometimes our bus system um, helps with that on cold nights. And h- how else do you handle that?
2: So we, we do transportation 24 hours a day while we're open. Oh, um, wow. So we okay. have a bus that Embark allows us to use. And so we'll, we'll pick up bus loads at certain locations. And then um, when PD or fire reaches out with an individual um, that maybe they're unseen with, um, we'll uh, we won't take the bus to that, but we'll take you know a truck or a personal vehicle and go pick that individual up. And so we try to um, not try. We we do that twenty four seven while we're open.
0: Okay, that's really important. And he was saying the trigger is really the temperature. Um, and the conditions, so you're monitoring that all the time
2: yeah, we um so really, we follow that that harm reduction guideline of below twenty degrees, and we coordinate with um, Springs rescue mission to make sure that they are on harm reduction um, just because the the impact it would have on us if we weren't on the same page, I think our our numbers would be way beyond our capacity so mm-hmm. that's great well, so what do you what are your, what are your
0: visions for the future? Um, what are you both hoping to do? It's it's probably a little daunting, as you said. You're serving three times the amount you were serving last year. Um, I guess maybe in a more appropriate question is: How do you stay positive and motivated to serve, given that um, it's it's a big task?
1: Yeah, it definitely is a task. It's the numbers are growing because the city is growing, right. and the city is trying to adjust. To bigger city problems and issues now, and uh, you know, I've just I've been around long enough to you know know people hate two things: they hate the way things are, mm-hmm. and they hate change. Right. So, but we've so got that to, doesn't
0: really work out.
1: Yeah. So we've got to make some changes and and yep. partnering with the, these collaborative efforts across organizations and partnering with the city and. Things like that are making a huge difference in terms of saving lives. Now, again, we're at the base level when these shelters are happening. It's just about saving lives for the next 72 hours. It's not about higher-level systemic issues of housing and drug addiction and mental health issues. We're just caring about people right where they are. Mm -hmm. And so people's support, their volunteerism, their donations make a huge difference there. Um, And I have found, though, the more that we collaborate, the more impact we're making and that takes pressure off of everybody mm-hmm. instead of leaning into just one or two <coughs> organizations that have to carry that burden during those emergency times.
2: Mm-hmm. How about you, Melissa? Mm-hmm. So when I want to talk about everyone. Uh, <laughs> I get that question a lot as far as like in the future, what do I see or what's the vision mm-hmm. and um, uh, unpopular answer, but I, I don't have a vision as far as what Hope EOS does because I very much think it's important to focus on what the current current needs are as those come up and how we can address those. Um,
0: doesn't do you much good to focus on predictions. It doesn't right? because it doesn't. Right.
2: Um, but I think you know I would I would second everything else the doctor you just said. Um, you know it's um, yeah just the continued working together and collaboration. There's the word um, is a, a huge maybe just finding you know. Finding more effective ways to work with everybody in the community, but that's
0: um, which I mean. This is one of them. Right. I mean, Hope Absolutely. COS is an example of that of that change that people sometimes are resistant to. But yeah. if and if you don't like the way things are, that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So as a result, we're serving all these people we were not before, right? They were right. unable to find shelter, right, in many cases. Right, yeah. and
2: I always say if if a warming, if another warming shelter. Um, you know, pops up next year, like that's great. You know, then we, it gives us the capacity to work on other things as they come up. I'm not, um, I love everything we do, but I'm not, I'm not tied to a particular vision. I'm tied to the idea of like, how do we take care of somebody like in this moment and, and fill that gap when they need it, not talk about it for a year.
0: Right. And save their life. Right. Right. Thank you for all you're both doing. I appreciate, and your teams. I know you have a lot of people behind you and doing amazing work and, um, probably not getting thanked enough for it, but we sure appreciate all you're doing. So thanks for coming on and for sharing your story. And thank you all for um, listening to this edition of Behind the Springs.